Hey yo, uh, welcome to the Los Angeles edition, the LA edition of uh, Reflections of a DJ, um, the Road Podcast. I'm DJ Crooked, Jamie the Great, yeah. DJ Never, yo yo, DJ D Miles. Here, we got the homie here, the legend, the man, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met Hashtag on the wheels. Life. Um, Mr. DJ Spider, what's up, man? Great. What up? What up? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yo. The legend mean old. No, <laughs> you know. what's good, fam? Uh, chilling, just glad to be here. Nice. Um, it's Friday, you know, yeah, yeah. getting ready for Thanks the weekend. Thanks for coming through, man. I yeah. appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, so I know you from fuck, man, next on decks. Was yeah. that the BPM uh magazine competition? I think that was my um introduction to a lot of other djs yeah like yeah. i mean i had been djing for 10 years when i entered that contest i think but um yeah once once i won that was when i got to get out of la more and and that that was a uh, like co-signed by mark ronson right yeah well, basically it was like i just saw an ad in the magazine and it said send a mixtape in and you get to i had always wanted to go to winter music conference like i was a college radio dj and and I would hear everyone say, oh, Winter Music Conference, so dope for DJs and music and all this stuff. And uh, I saw the ad in the magazine. It was like, you get to go to Winter Music Conference and go on a U.S. tour with Mark Ronson um, if we pick your mix. And I was like, all right, what do I have to lose? And I had been entering um, all these, sci remember those Scion DJ contests? Like yeah, yeah, the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would enter those all the time and we'd do pretty good. I, I, we, I won one of them with Steve Wonder, like a two by four. It was like when we were still on vinyl. Right, right, right. right. And we got to open for like Pete Rock and Biz Marquee or something. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. But that was the one thing that came out of it. But so I, I remember seeing this and being like, all right, I'm just going to make a mix. I like Mark Ronson. I got the, you know, Ghostface, doubles of the Ghostface song uh, with Nate Dogg. Ooh, we? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to figure out how to incorporate that in the mix. So right, right. it. Uh -huh. And then just go crazy, you know, and just mix. Like, it was at the time of when Serato and Vinyl were transferring over sort of yeah. so yeah. i think like, uh, was it like 2005 2006 yeah probably yeah exactly 2000, Two, yeah. definitely 2005 2005 probably, maybe before yeah because yeah. yeah. i remember i used records on the mix like a few records and and serato and um but yeah i entered that and then just kind of that was it didn't think anything of it i had been trying to do so much different stuff you know like i said i've been djing for 10 years i was in hip-hop groups i had record labels i was you know in a rock group and i tried to do everything you could do as a dj so you know? like the next on decks you did the you did the the, the cd the mixtape or whatever yeah you sent it in yeah and then i, I don't really know was there a competition was it, it wasn't get, like a three style right no it was just like you send it in and that's it so i mean i sort of almost forgot about it in a way and i remember at the time you know i had been it, you know, I wasn't like making a good living off DJing at the time. I think I even had a job um, maybe like in the daytime. And I just remember being like, I need to just find a cool job. And then I remember getting yeah. the call from Matt uh, Colon. He's like, Matt Colon, he's like, I'm with Mark Ronson and you just won the BPM contest. We're going to bring you to Miami. And I was like, this is some bullshit, you know. And then, uh, it, uh, you know, they're like, no, for real. <clears throat> so it, and it ended up... Um, that was it you know i think i was there for was it i think maybe your first 
um, your first Las Vegas DJ set? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. At, it was it was at, at Tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys were five. I remember five was there because he made me so nervous because he did the like when you take two fingers like a peace sign point at your eyes and then point at like you <laughs> in the very beginning of my set and I was like why did he just do that I don't even know him that well <laughs> and did, did Mark Ronson spin with you that night yeah I think yeah. I was opening for him because I think that was part of the thing like so they had me I remember I played at LAX for the BPM monthly party and it was me and Mark yeah. Ronson and I had just met AM too randomly so it was like all these worlds were like colliding and then and AM was a was a resident at Pure, and so was Mark Ronson. So they brought me out to do to open for Mark at Tangerine and Pure, and Tangerine was like the but Tangerine was like the winning my Vegas set, you know, right, like right, on the yeah. tour with Mark, like the U.S. tour, whatever that was. It was like a few cities. But was it kind of like you? Uh, you just kind of like was a little like intimidating. Like it was like a, oh like god, you, yeah, it was cause the most because it because I I don't know if you had like a like a club background where you were DJing clubs like regularly. Right. Like two, three times a week. And then you no. got into this. It's kind of like you want to mix, uh, you won the competition and then you got a Las Vegas residency and then you had to DJ in front of like 1,200, yeah. like 1,500 people, I mean, right? I had been doing clubs. Like I DJed all tons of bars in LA at the right. time and I would do clubs or whatever, you know, yeah. but not like that. This yeah. is a whole different level. Plus, you know, I have Mark Ront. I have the owners of the club. I have all you guys, you know, people <laughs> that are seasoned in the game, you know, there. Yeah. I got Mark Ronson. I'm, you know, I'm trying to do good in front of and impress everybody and do my thing, you know, so. Definitely you have to be nervous. super nervous. Yeah, man. I mean, I still get nervous right now all the time before my gigs, but that was definite next level nervous. Uh, and like you said, I'm thinking, do I, do they want me to perform like what I, not perform, but like do what I did in the mixtape and do these mashups where I'm taking like bust a move instrumental and put Pitbull over it, like whatever right. the hell shit we were doing in 2006, you know, and taking like. You know the mashup, jagged, jagged, bojangles. You know, like yeah. into like Queen or something. Like, do they want me to do that or do I do? I, I didn't know what to do. You know, and I yeah. remember starting out like, I hope this goes good. Like, I, <laughs> I I came up with some shit and I'm just gonna see if it works. You know, and then later through the set, I remember going, okay, I could sort of now freestyle it or figure out what to do. But I kind of remember that night because I feel like every DJ that was off so that night came to Tangerine just to check you out. Wow, uh, I. Luckily, I didn't know that. <laughs> he was already nervous. I would have been more nervous, and and then, but definitely like burned in my memory. Like like is five just doing that eyeball that thing. Like, I'm watching you, fool. That's funny. There's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing worse than a group of DJs. Oh and yeah, all of them. Ready it's, it's to like, like one go. is one is one and two is bad, but when you got a bunch of them, when you got a group of them just ready to hate. It's oh. like yo, who, and they're all imagining how they would do what you're doing better. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, it's like here's a kid that won the golden ticket. Let's see, yeah. let's see so, what yeah. see what's, yeah, see yeah. what's this. What's this I know. guy going to do? It's it's like that. Uh, what, what was that? What was that joke? Remember Justin Hoffman? He had that joke. How many uh, how many DJs does it take to to screw, screw in a, a light bulb. bulb? Yeah, I've heard it. And he says it takes one DJ to screw in the light bulb and twenty to watch him do it and say they could do it. 20 times better exactly that's yeah. funny. <laughs> it's the truth 
So, so then you got your Vegas, did you got that Vegas residency out of that, right? No, actually I didn't like that was just so, so that we were doing this, you know, quote unquote U S tour, like, um, with mark um but what it was was just like a few dates they booked so it was like lax in la tangerine in vegas we did uh this spot called like metro or something in philly which was the craziest night ever it was so much fun and then we did like i think something in new york and just a few cities like um i can't remember where else but that was just that and then that was it and then the residency actually came through the my i started djing for myspace and like the people that ran myspace had like official djs and they were like we want to make you the official dj of myspace and we'll put you on the front page and i got all these like friends or whatever from it and they would do a myspace party at pure every month remember they used to do those myspace parties everywhere yeah Yeah. so they started flying, they would just bring me and they'd be like, this is the guy. So I'd go to Nebraska, they'd be in like Lincoln, Nebraska, doing the MySpace party or anywhere, like San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego. And we would do, and we did Pure. And I remember I did it. And then the dude that was d- doing that, like talked to the head of Pure. And then at the same exact time, like I said, I had met AM and I was starting to open at LAX and do things. And he heard my mixtape and liked me. And his manager was like, yo, we want to help you out. So it was kind of like both of them in the ear of, I think the owner of Pure at the time. And it just like, he offered me a residency. And yeah, like I went from just doing these little bars to like all of a sudden like, holy shit, there's a lot of people here. (laughs) I remember you were like attached at the hip with Steve Wonder, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, he's my dude, the, yeah. Because the Scion, the Scion party. Well, yeah, we were like DJ partners, quote unquote, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and we would, whatever, share records. And when Serato came out, I'd be like, oh, what records are you recording in? I'll give you my shit, you give me your shit. And, um, and we would do a two by four show, like four turntables. Mm-hmm. Uh, not show, but you know what I mean? We yeah, would yeah. DJ gigs like that a lot of the time. Did y'all, like... Did y'all have a mixtape together? Or I just remember, like, Steve Wonder had a ton of mixtapes. Yeah, we've done some mixes point. together. And, like, we did those mixes for, like, Scion and stuff. But yeah. I don't know if we ever came out with a real mix. Um, I mean, we've been doing a podcast lately called Selected Eclectic, where we do um, me, him, and this guy, Mr. Best. And we do, like... I know yeah, Mr. Yeah. Best. Just kind of a, a an eclectic mix of stuff. You know, like, music that we don't play in the club. Yeah. And just stuff that we're feeling that we think is dope. Um, and like, I do a lot of private events and stuff. So I thought it'd be cool to play some of the music I play there somewhere, you know? So that's why we started doing that. Right, but, right. So I do those mixes with them. And, um, but no, nah, we, we didn't have like an official mix. I, don't I remember like having a stack of Steve Wonder CDs, mixtapes. Yeah. He has a lot of dope mixes. His, and then, he has that Nate dog. Legendary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that yeah. was legendary. The yeah. best of Nate dog and stuff yeah. like that. And then I remember I was, uh, I was DJing at Jet and Light, and Andrew Sasson, uh, uh, the owner. The owner. Yeah. So, like, they would come up to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Central Pay or something. I'm going to, like, you know, uh, I'm going to whatever. And he's like, uh, I make me a bunch of mixes. And I'm like, I'm not making a fucking bunch of mixes. <laughs> so I just gave him a bunch of Steve Wonder CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and then he became like, the resident. Yeah. yeah. And then... And then um, <laughs> So and that then Andrew pulls me aside, or he was talking to Eddie McDonald, who was the music director at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he was, oh just, yeah. And he was just like, he came back from the trip, and he was like, man, he's like all refreshed, and he's just like, you know, like, 
He's like, you know, I've been hearing. He has this British accent. He's like, I've been hearing a lot about this kid, Steve Wonder. Who is this guy? <laughs> and then that's when he, I think that's what planted the seed for that. Uh, that's so dope. I never realized <laughs> you know, that. that. No. That's crazy. <laughs> and I remember I was like, damn, man. I was, I'm glad I gave him those CDs and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, you started the career of Steve Wonder's Vegas life. I, I think that's what happened, right? I think so, yeah. Because it came out of nowhere. He's like, I've yeah. been hearing a lot about this kid, Steve Wonder. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so like every time I got a relationship with Spider where whenever I see him, he's just very candid and he always has like some type of shit show story. Yeah, about, I mean, we're not on a podcast usually, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always, telling me, you're always telling me about, like, I don't know, something fucked up that happened. Or, like, right. dude, I, even when I would see you, you'd be, like, killing it. And you're just that dude that's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Is, is it okay? <laughs> is it all right out there? <laughs> I mean, like that? yes, I definitely have a habit of second guessing myself <laughs> and, or feeding into my insecurity. And then later on, I'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? But yeah, I mean, you know, I think everybody's like that a little bit, you know, especially like DJs, stand-up comic type things where you're just like, oh, I'm up here doing this. Is this going good or yeah, am yeah. I doing the right thing? But yeah, I've had a lot of, and just like stand-up comics and DJs, I think we've all had those amazing nights where we're like, this is why I do it. I feel so good. Like, and then you're like, that was the worst night of my life. Like, yeah. I should quit DJing, yeah. you know, yeah. like. This club would never book me again. Yeah. <laughs> just like, who am I? What was happening? You know, so. Well, it's a lot of those nights where you're just like, damn, yeah. I suck. This is horrible. Yeah. And like, I, may, I should be a carpenter. I yeah. Or something. <laughs> and then, and, you know, you just get one of those nights that really, that that really kind of just like keeps you going yeah exactly it makes so, up for all like the past two yeah. months of like sucky gigs or something i know like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah i've had a lot of the horrible nights and it's, you know sometimes you just get the short end of the stick like doing even sometimes i'll get booked for a grand opening of a club and it seems so dope but there's always fucked up things happening on the grand opening you know so then you end up looking bad and like being yeah. like oh he was just the first guy we booked we're not coming back. in my opinion <laughs> that's like a, a curse yeah, like doing the grand opening of a club some of the times. Yeah, because management they look if the um something goes wrong. Yeah, the first person they blame is the DJ. Right, and they're just figuring everything out, so it's it's gonna exactly. go wrong anyway. Yeah. Now I've had a lot of things like that, and just uh, I don't know. Like, well, I was I was mentioning some stuff earlier right. when like I was you know different cities are different to DJ in, as you guys know, yeah. and probably mm -hmm. people listening to different degrees no you know what i mean yeah. so and i learned yeah. that even like you know and even hearing what rock to saying about this and that in chicago like like i've had um i remember being in, i remember when blow the whistle was so big and like one of my and i was in chicago for one of the first times and i played it and nobody knew it like you're like what's my favorite word and it's like Silence. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, oh shit, that is not their favorite word here. You know, like, so, but it made me realize like how regional stuff can be, especially right. back then. Nowadays with Spotify and everything, it's kind of like, what's big here? Oh, like I used to sort of ask the DJs more, like, what's big here? What, what's been big right, in the right, city? Right. And it's still like that. I'll go to Miami or somewhere and be like, I never heard this song before, you know, or even that like creepy, creepy, kush, 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 kush. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like I was in Miami. I'm like, what is this shit? And then it became big. But, um, but yeah, so I remember. And then I remember being in, in New York and um, doing some spot. And um, I was saying earlier, like, Graham Funky was with me and he had come with me to the club or something. I can't remember. And 
And the dude, like the manager guy, was just kept coming up to me like, you know, it's open format. We want open or, or open format wasn't the word. We want mashup. We want mashup. And I'm like, all right, what does that even mean? You know, yeah. so I'm trying to do what he's saying. And then he's like, we, we need how basically I was bombing. Like you said, it was not going good. I felt horrible. The dude's screaming at me. I'm thinking, how, when can I just get off? And then he's like, play house music. And I'm like, and this was way before I didn't play house. You know, like up tempo shit was like Missy lose control. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, yeah. Yeah. like I knew house music, but that was like a house music DJ's job, not me. You know, and like Bob Sinclair was getting big, like that whistle song and the acoustic guitar song. And I think I had like those two songs and a couple other songs. Yeah. And I remember playing that and he's like, keep it going. And I'm like, I can't, There's n- I have nothing else, you know? And, and then, and at that point, like he's trying to talk to the people around me and Graham Funky totally just acts like he doesn't know me. And just <laughs> throws me under the bus. you out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks a lot. And then, uh, yeah, just, I don't know if I got pulled. I may have gotten pulled off early, but, yeah, that, well, that was I don't good. think it was as, as bad as you thought, but like I, it could have been. I've had a lot of other really good nights after that in New York and other places, but that was uh, an but example. But it goes back to what I was I was telling you, where you you I know you were doing like uh, maybe like local lounges and, and some clubs around here, right? But like it's different when you start hitting and going on the road and hitting different cities yes. back then. Yeah, it was like it it was one of those things where. I would hear you and I'd be like, damn, this dude is really talented. Like he's got a lot of skill. And you just need like like that year or two to right. really understand how it is to be on the road and like be like, oh shit. You know, when you're in Miami, you gotta yeah. play a little more Latin or you gotta like know certain local right. records. Or yeah, I mean when I was in Miami, I heard Mr. Mauricio yeah. and it just blew my mind. Like I was like, whoa. This fool's playing and like Rick Ross was just starting to get big. He's playing right. that, he's playing Latin stuff like I was like, this is insane, you know, and, and then Irie too, like it, they just knew their, where they were and what to do. And then I noticed that about the different regions, like at, the more I got to travel, you know. So you don't think it's like that, like now as much, right? I think there's, I think it I is, think it is yeah. but I don't, but I think it's, it's easier for DJs to know and talk to other people and see on Instagram and see on Facebook and, yeah. and see um, through the DJ pools now, you know, and the DJ cities and the all that kind of stuff, like to know what's what's big, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, like when you're spinning now, do you feel like are you like a little detached from the, some of the music and shit, or um, are, you, are you on it? I mean, both. <laughs> <laughs> I think just within all music, I always just try to find what I like. You know what I mean? So. It's, I don't care what genre it is. I'll find stuff I like. And within all the new stuff, I find stuff I like. Definitely there's elements of like, damn, people like this. This is not what I like, you know. But that's always been within DJing. Um, and some of the music, I guess it feels a little detached because it's just not made for DJs as much, you know. And I don't know. Some of the music's made for different purposes or something, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> but like... I don't know. I mean, I still just try to approach it the same and just mix it with old and new stuff. But yeah, it's like if I have to play like a two hour set of all new hip hop, like there was a time when I was kind of struggling with that a little bit and then forced myself to like have fun with it. Like I Mm -hmm. downloaded every instrumental and acapella I could of all the new stuff and was trying to come up with mixes and trying to come up with acapella loops and trying to just do things that I'm used to doing in my DJing and apply it to the new stuff. Even if people in the club just want me to play it from the beginning, you know, and be like, here we go. 
I only love my bed and my mama. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been like killing the corporate game though. Um, Dude, yeah, you're, like, I mean, you're like at like I don't know. You're like at a Game of Thrones premiere. Yeah, like another movie every week. Netflix. Every, like, twice. Yeah, Netflix. yeah. I, I try to you know. I mean, really, I like DJ AM put me onto that world. Like I remember. Do, like I don't know what it was tagging along with him to like an E entertainment uh, TV you know some type of party like an Emmy party or something yeah. and uh, I think I opened for him and then he played and just seeing but then he played a dope set and everyone was into it and it was super fun he's scratching and he's playing everything from 90s hip hop to Michael Jackson to whatever and I was like this is dope like you know I want to try to do this too so. I started just really making a point to try to get into those type of events and getting to know the right people and, and then making sure I did a good job when I was there and mm -hmm. sort of would have an, cause it's different. It's like, you know, when you're opening, when you do a nightclub now, we have like openers a lot of the time. So you just come in for like that flash bang set, you know, but there's sometimes still where I'll play the whole night, you know, and you get to play a lot of different music and at those your set has to be so eclectic and crazy, you know, and just go through so many different moods and feelings mm -hmm. and whatever. So, yeah. you know, just try to have that part of my thing going and, um, and, and just like try to make it special for those things. Like sometimes it's cool to do like a theme type set at those, if it fits, you know, not mm -hmm. nothing like over the top, but yeah, like I, I do a lot of clubs like, and when I do like an event, like a corporate event, I got to like recondition my sets. Right, right. It's a totally different world, right? Oh, like, yeah. Because like I, I'm in Vegas, so I'm always focusing on energy. It's just nonstop energy, energy, right. energy. Yeah. And then when I'm in a corporate world, it's like, it's like kind of like vibes, but then it's like, I don't, you know, like it's, well, I have so, to really yeah. recondition. I got to remember all my like 80 sets. Yes. Oh, like, oh, yes. man, like this, now's the perfect time for some hollow notes. Yeah, exactly. Or some shit like that. That's true. And, you know, and then, and then. And then know when to go into the club. Exactly. New and stuff then, and, and then, if they want that or not and how open these people are. And, but then also like slowly building that corporate energy where it's like, all right, now's the time to dance. Like speeches are over or right. whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. Like what is, what do you, what do you play to dance? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you're doing a very corporate type thing like you're saying where it's just like don't play curse words or like suggestive music or i'm yeah. like oh shit but a lot of the ones i do are kind of like like the movie premieres and the cooler things where it's just creative people that are just celebrating something so it's more fun you know and then i can feel it out and see what the theme of the movie was see who the actors and the people you know and just go mm. oh okay i know these are these kind of people i can do a 90s hip-hop set here or indie rock or whatever it is but same i sometimes like this year even i've done way more private events i i've done a lot of clubs but not as many and there's been gaps and it like i'll do private events for two three weeks and then do a club and i'm like oh shit you know i gotta get back into it yeah. and you know three weeks of not downloading club music is like a year now no, it's just like you yeah. feel lost like, yeah exactly you missed out on something and if i haven't gone out you know it's like i have to at least go out and see what's happening mm -hmm. and see what people are reacting to and get into that mode yeah yeah too yeah. you know i saw videos of you like teaching or like showing what's the name christy teigen oh uh, john no. legend's wife Oh no, Aisha Curry maybe. Aisha Curry, that's yeah, what it was. I'm Curry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, Aisha Curry, Stephen, uh, Stephon Curry's wife. You yeah, were, like showing her how to scratch or something. Well, it, was, it was their birthday party. I got booked to DJ her their joint birthday party, and it was. Uh, how do you get shit like that? 
I mean, I'm, I'm like I'm like very like interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> I it's mean, such a foreign a, thing. A lot to of me, it is just mean? relationships. You know what I mean? Just like how a good manager would, but just like when we're our own managers in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even mm-hmm. if we have them, and um, that you know it just came from this dude that I know, um, Justin Roja, that yeah. like promotes a lot of parties in San Francisco, and he does tons of stuff, and used to bring me in for these big parties at all different clubs and just hit me like you want to do their you know they want like a vegas dj someone that's been you know la and all these clubs yeah, and yeah. this and that and told me what they wanted you think you could do it i was like yeah let's go so i did it and then i didn't know what it was going to be like and then she came in the booth and was like i want to scratch and at first i was like oh shit but then i was like all right i'm like here's what we're gonna do i'm like you do the turntable i'll do the crossfader and just kind of like move it you back know i let her yeah it's like that way she sounds good and then i can just on right before the drop, give her a little, okay, you're making the sound, and right. then we're out. Thank you. you know, and then, <laughs> and then I went to, like, it was like a major laser, like, light it up song. You know, yeah. like, I think Danny Diggs. What was, blend. what was one of your favorite, like, corporate gigs that you're like, yo, I made this person dance, or... Oh my God! Well, I've had I have a lot of stories like that, and some I don't know if, like, I could tell or not, or whatever, but um, I, a really good one... Um, is um i was doing i think it was either during the oscars or the emmys and it was like this guy um this big agent guy and he throws this party every year and i did it for a few years in a row i don't think i did it this year but um and there's a lot of people there you know i see celebrities like whatever but um bill murray was there and he's like i'm I see him dancing just over and i'm like is that bill murray i'm like there's no way that's you remember what he was dancing to anything i played like i'm playing whatever i was playing like blurred lines you know like i don't know like that was big at the time you know it was like just stuff there was like mainly girls like on the dance floor and these a lot like younger kind of girls and he's trying to dance with them and i remember and then they weren't paying attention to him that's when i was like there's no way that's bill murray because they're not even talking to him he's trying to talk to him and then the night's coming to a close and uh he comes over. Oh, and the manager, of the, uh, we were like at the Sunset Marquee or some hotel, and the manager's like, all right, last songs, turn it off. And he comes over. He's like, oh, I need you to play something else. Like after I was done, and I was like, ah, I don't know. You know, and then um, the manager's like, nothing else. I'm like, Bill Murray is asking me to play a song. Like, I, you know, let me play one more song. And she's like, he's always here. And I'm like, okay, well, not for me. So then I'm like, I'm like, she's like, all right, one song. And then she's like, what do you want, Bill? And he's like, oh, no, I told him. What do you want, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. But I remember, too, I told him, I go, they're telling me, you know, they want me to stop. And he goes, I'll protect you. And I go, and I go, okay. And he goes, he goes, if they come up to you, you tell me, I'll I'll defend you. I'll stand in front of you and I'll tell them it's me. It's my thing. And I'm like, this is crazy. Bill Murray saying this shit to me. And I was like, okay. So then I told her, I'm like, uh, you know, he wants another song. And she goes, what do you want, Bill? And he goes, you got uh, Marvin Gaye got to give it up, the extended version. And you know that shit's <laughs> yeah, like... This is like 23 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. like 14 and a half <laughs> well, minutes or something. Or like 15 yeah. minutes. And I look at him like, oh shit, he knows. Like, yeah. you know, they, this is why he's Bill Murray's a genius. He'll know the longest, actually dope <laughs> song you could play. It's not like Stairway to Heaven or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, I got you. So I'm like, boom, put it on. And he starts dancing and he's dancing with the girls and then and whoever and they're all happy that the music came back on and 
And the security dude standing next to me with his arms crossed, like with a serious face, like, all right, when's this shit going to end? And like three minutes goes by and then like five minutes. And then the manager's like, what's up? And I go, it's the same song. <laughs> and she's like, and then he sees and he comes over and, and I'm like, oh, he's really protecting me. And he's like, he's like, you said one song. This is the one song. This is it. She's like, okay, okay. And she walks away like eight minutes. She comes back like, what's going on? This is, are you repeating it? I go, this is the song. And he goes, you said it's a song. And like, he's getting into it. And finally, like. They didn't let it go to 15 minutes. It was like 11 <laughs> minutes, 30 seconds. And the security's like, I don't care if it's Bill Murray. I don't care who it is. Turn it off. We're going to get a ticket. And I was like, all right, cool. Bro. Damn. But that was pretty amazing. That's some like Frank's the smart ass shit. He probably digs. To yeah, see, exactly. Like, with the club. Yeah. And then he just like, you know, I saw him just walk in the hotel, get in the elevator. Yeah. No, Bill, tip, no, Bill tip, Murray. no tip, no tip. No tip. Thank you. I mean, I got a picture. So that was, that was better than the tip. That's dope. I got... Also, one time I was doing a Sundance party, and it was like um, all these people, like Aubrey Plaza from Parks. And, I think she's from Parks and Rec. Uh -huh, but yeah. that dude John C. Riley was there. He's uh, he's he's from like he was in Step Brothers, um, Will Ferrell's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. brother. You yeah, know yeah. that dude with the curly hair. Yeah, uh -huh. And he's Boogie Nights, Doctor Steve right? Brule, like Tim and Eric, like all this funny shit. But he's dancing. I remember I'm playing. They wanted '90s hip hop, which was dope. So I'm playing that. They're dancing. He knows Tribe Called Quest and all this oh, stuff. Oh shit! And she comes over and she goes, "John wants to give you something." Hey, I'm like, "All right, <laughs> yeah." I'm like, "Hey yo." Hey, yo. And then uh, she's like, and then he comes over and he hands me this card. I thought it was like a business card, and it was like plastic and. Uh, and he's like, hey, man, you've been killing it. We had the best night ever. I just want to thank you somehow. I thought it would be weird to give you a tip. So I'm giving you this. And I was like, what? And I look, and it's his SAG card. And it was just like, oh, really? <laughs> I still have it. And it was just like John C. Riley's Screen Actors Guild. Like, holy shit. Really? And I was like, don't you need this for, like, your health insurance? He's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, okay. Wow. Like. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. I know, so I still have. You that still have card. it? Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. But <laughs> what, what I try to pay for things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, just weird shit like that. You said that you uh, did a college radio station. Yeah, well, when I was in, that's yeah, was when that, I was in college. Did you get your starter on that time or what, like? Yeah, before? I mean, I got my start here. I grew up in L.A. I used to go to raves. Like we would go downtown. That, that was, was the big thing out here. Yeah, huh? yeah. everyone. Every fucking DJ started. Well, it was Pasquale, you know, the guy that does EDC. Oh, yeah, he mm -hmm. was the man. So it was like anything he he did Insomniac, and you would go to like everyone wanted to go to Insomniac. So he would they would find these abandoned warehouses in. Um, downtown and then you'd have to find you'd have to get a phone number and then the phone number would tell you to go to a map point and then you go to the map yeah. point and then the person would give you the map and then you go to the spot and then pay the money and then go do crazy shit all night and see these djs and then whenever the cops found out what you were doing they would shut it down everyone would have to leave right but he yeah. was you know i remember going to the first all of it, uh, you know, beyond wonder or whatever, uh, Wonderland, Electric Daisy Carnival, the like all those in the beginning of it. But I, that was what got me into what year was that? DJing, like mid 90s, like between probably like 92, 93. It's so weird. Like, I, I'm we, old. we talked to like LA dudes and they, they're like hip hop heads. But yeah. they all went to like raves. Well, because they had a hip hop room at all the raves too. Oh, like we would, yeah. and and that was the thing. I only listened to Wu Tang, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. You know, that was that was it. Like Beastie Boys, like just hip hop. But then we would go to these raves, and 
it, there was a hip hop room and a breaks room and it got me that kind of would like suck me in. And then it was just fun. Like the vibe was so amazing. Everybody was so cool and mm-hmm. fun and like accept it. You know, like it was just like a, and then the DJs were just doing crazy shit. I remember seeing this guy R.A.W. and he's playing drum and bass and he's playing hip hop and he's playing these breaks and, and house and he's scratching like crazy stuff, you know, acapellas over it. And, and I was that kind of opened my mind because I had I'd been listening to DJ Premier and I always wanted to get turntables and do hip hop type yeah. DJing. But then I heard that and I was like, oh, this is crazy. So that was that. And then when I got to college was when I finally saved up, got turntables and at what, the were, same you, what time, were your first turntables i got techniques but i bought them from a, a wedding dj had who had moved on to like the cd console thing oh yeah and i found him like at like a newspaper ad or some shit and then went he's like oh i, I don't use these things anymore you know and i think i bought them for like i forget i think it was 200 dollars each or damn something. that's good that's, that's hella yeah. good cheap. i still have them i mean they're just they're they're much you know, at what home. were techniques going for? Like four fifty at least, oh, five, five, something, five, right? five yeah. six. Yeah. So they were older, but I mean, they still work to this day. Um, and then that, and then that's when I discovered the radio station, and I was like, oh. You I, went to college out here too, or no? No, I went up in Northern California. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up here. I lived here for eighteen years, and then just wanted to get out. You know, so I went there. Uh, I would, and then I would go to the. I would be in the Bay Area all the time. I went to every hip hop show in the Bay Area, every you know scratch battle that Cubert put on, like anything like that. And then, uh, but yeah, I'd, I had a hip hop show, a drum and bass show, a funk break show, and yeah. just tried to like be there as much as I could, run oh, the station and stuff. Funny, the the first time I heard you DJ or your name was at a 2005 Power 106. Yeah. 12 days of mixmas oh yeah that's yeah. like an infamous mix for me a lot of people like know that mix and yeah, heard yeah, me for yeah. the first time there and that, that that helped me so much and that was so fun to do that talk about being nervous oh my god was, was that, that the one with um that had eric deluxe yeah. had echo vice uh, homicide am a- did one vice am i think yeah. i have that on um in my computer at home yeah i, w- I need I was, to put that back out yeah I, went, I was like 16 listening to that shit i was like fuck these motherfuckers are going in. So yeah, nice. it was fun. They were like, you can do whatever you want, but I had to tailor it to the timing. They're like, we need this long of a set, this long of a set. Yeah, it was really uh, good. I was so nervous like to do it live on air, on power, like the station I'd listened to forever. And yeah, just yeah. like, they were like telling me how many people were listening. I think you like, were oh. you went before AM, like the like the day before or whatever, like the hour before. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think you were like the third one. Yeah, I remember his set too, super dope. Yeah, it was, um, it was nuts. But yeah, that 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 was all that stuff happened at the same time. The MySpace thing, the BPM magazine, meeting AM, the getting asked to be on there, like all of that was in the period of a few months somehow. And what, then what was your relationship like with AM? It was good, you know, but I, I met him later. I met him when he was skinny. You know, I met him I met him when like the way I met him was with Steve Wonder. There's like actually randomly a video on the on YouTube of me and Steve meeting AM because we had a flip camera. You remember those things? Like yeah. Before? And we had it was like my, probably one of my first Vegas gigs, but it wasn't even in a club. Um, and it was like um, it was like when like that club Raw or something was big at the Luxor. Yeah, and I remember like War and Peace and Just Blaze were playing or like some something like that, but. Me and Steve got booked to do a bongo jeans booth at the Magic Convention, 
And to me, I was like, this is the jackpot. You know, like we get to come out and do this. And and I remember we had to bring, it was when Serato was first starting. So we brought like, I think eight crates of records, a Serato box, the turntables, the mixer, the speakers, everything. Like we drove out there from here and we had to like have a dolly and like bring it all in. And then they were like, uh, Nicole Richie is the spokesperson of Bongo Jeans and her boyfriend is a DJ, DJ AM. Um, and he's going to come play like an hour set with you guys. And also he's super expensive. Like he usually would get like $5,000 for this set. I don't know why they told me this. She's like, but we're only going to give him $3,000. And I'm thinking, I think, I think we got like $900 for like four days of DJing eight hours a day. A piece? And like we had to share a hotel room. No, not a piece. Oh man. And like, you know, I mean, and I was hyped. I was like, this is dope. Like I didn't, I didn't know, you know. I was still doing whatever. I would DJ in Macy's, you know, like, because I'd be in a bar, you know, doing whatever I could, honestly. Any opportunity that came my way, I would do it. And uh, so we did that. And um, AM comes in. And um, I remember, you know, he was like a celebrity at the time. Everyone's freaking out. All the girls are like, oh, my God. And um, and he's like, hey, what up, B? Yo, you on Serato? You know, I was like, oh. I'm like, yeah. And uh, he, like... You know, just immediately like plugs in, and I was on absolute mode. There's some DJ nerd shit, but I'm sure a lot of DJs are listening to this. But why were you on absolute? This was the very beginning oh, yeah, of okay, Serato. Okay. So I had recorded in all of my records by the side. So I had labeled all my shit. It'd be like 50 Cent, just a little bit, side A. And it would be like clean, dirty, instrumental, oh, my MP3. Wow. And then I thought that's how you're supposed to use Serato. So then I'd put the needle. Are you the, serious? Yeah. I still have all these MP3s like that. And then I didn't know what relative mode was or any of that. And, and then um, he comes in and I remember he puts on and he's on rel- and he goes, you using relative mode? I'm like, no, I don't even know what that is. And he just starts doing doubles of like that Billy Jean with like the Kill Bill whistle over the beginning. Right. And, some, and he's like hitting relative mode and starting the thing and he's so fast with it. And then all the mixes were so fast because relative mode. And I was like, oh shit, I need to get on this, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was where I met him. And, um, you know, our relationship was good. Like th- that was just a random meeting. And then he, he actually left his needles and box. Um, he wanted to use his own records and needles and he left it in the booth and he had given me his business card and I was like yo that dude left his shit here and I called him I'm like yo your stuff he's like oh yo he's like I'm back I'm back at the Vegas airport already I gotta do this John Varvatos store opening you think you could bring me the needles and I was like who the fuck is this guy (laughs) and I'm like and then Steve was like, go bring him the needles. He's like, we're here fucking eight hours. I'm DJing. I don't give a fuck. Like, go do it. And I was right. like, all right. So I drive to the airport. I meet him outside the terminal. I give him the needles. And I give him my mixtape. I had made this mixtape called Pay Dues and Break Even. And it was like also my sort of transition-y thing. Like, I had all these rappers on it. Like, I was trying to make it like cool underground, but also mm-hmm. like accessible you know yeah, i don't know yeah. i gave it to him and i was like just listen to this shit at least you know and that was it and he actually listened to it and that's when i i came back and i met him and kevin scott and they were like come to lax we like your mix we want you to open and kevin scott was like the opener you know the main dude not even just the opener right. like at lax mm-hmm. and am was like you know we want you to start working here and just you know like my my relationship i wish it could have been closer like Mm-hmm. Even before he passed away, like I remember 
we had so many times where we'd hang out and be like, we should hang out more, you know? And then, um, just randomly, like he came to my wedding, like, um, shortly before he passed away. Mm -hmm. And I, we were going, we moved and we were going through all our stuff. And I found this like note from him that he had written to me at the wedding. Like, um, like we need to go out to dinner, like this whole thing. Like, like right. I want to make a point of like becoming friends, you know, like just kind of like not just being business DJ type shit, you right, know? Right, right. And then that was it like after that. But, you know, I think we were always struggling to try to do that more. And I was somewhat intimidated sometimes because yeah. he's just so oh. good at everything, you know? And I knew he thought I was good, but it was still like a thing, you know, where yeah. uh -huh. you're insecure or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it was also a thing where like, I think when he was around and everyone gravitated towards him, you know? Yeah. And you didn't, you just didn't want to, I just, I, I remember I would see him and I didn't want to be one of those exactly. dudes. Exactly. Yeah. Like jocking him. There's like so many of those guys. So I many. I know. I like, shame, yeah. like yeah. shameless. You I know? know. And I just didn't want to be one of those guys like laughing at his jokes just to, just like thinking out like, cause I wanted something from him, but it yeah. was more like, dude, like I respect you exactly i can't be shit. like that yeah. and sometimes it's to my detriment i guess it, i probably if i was a little more like hey what up like to yeah, certain yeah. people or friends or take yeah. a picture but i just never i don't know same kind of thing but you know he was definitely super instrumental in me getting a lot of those traveling gigs like yeah. once that happened and then well, i signed on with this one manager and he uh -huh. started dexstar it was just called the dj company and it was just like me i think like and kevin <laughs> scott and then like they started bringing people on slowly, like scene and fashion and a few, you know, yeah. it started. And then they changed the name to Dexstar. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, I was, he helped me a lot just getting those gigs and just me trying to like sort of emulate what he had built and see how he did it and find that fine line between like keeping your integrity, but having a career <laughs> and DJing and, you know, like all that, you know. Yeah. I, that the LX parties. Did you ever do like banana split? You know what? I never DJed it, and I think that came from like a me, like a whatever, like an insecure thing or whatever. Really? But I, I made, I made some songs that he would play. I like made this thing where I chopped up East Flatbush Project, uh, yeah. boom, tried by yeah. twelve, boom, and turned yeah. it into like a B more song. Boom, 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 yeah. And I remember thinking, ah, yeah. oh, whatever. And I gave it to him, and he played it like that night. And I was like, oh shit. Mm. And then like everyone would play it, and I would make stuff that people would play there, but I never DJ. I never got to DJ. It, but why no. did you want to do it? I did want to, but I, I think I was a little too much playing the back. Like, oh, it's yeah. all good. I'll do it sometime. So you were doing like the Fridays and Saturdays kind of thing, or what? Yeah, I would do like a week or a Wednesday. Wednesday right. was like the cool night. Right, know? right, right. Mm -hmm. If he would let me like open for him Wednesday. You know, Vice would like fill in for him on a Wednesday if he wasn't there. You know, because Vice was like the second. Like, yeah, yeah, like if he, you know, when AM wouldn't do Body English or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, AM would throw it to Vice. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. It's a sick shirt, by the way. Oh, thanks. So yeah, cool. I just went to Beat Junkies. Uh, you guys been there? Beat Junkie Institute of yeah, Sound. Yeah, yeah. Heard about it. Where is that? It's right next to the. Oh freeway. man, you got. Uh, it's um, in Glendale, uh -huh. but it's a DJ school. Um, I see, like the great, like they have like all these like little kids on, yeah. so, on their uh, social media. Yeah, like, they're just teaching them, and they're like DJ, really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Well, they're learning from Babu, Melody, right? You know, Mr. Chalk. Like, oh my god! So I went there. I went there um, a couple weeks ago. This kid that I know that I'd met in Austin, we had a scratch session one night, like late during South by Southwest. And I mean, the the scratches that these kids are doing now are so crazy. But <laughs> really, oh my God, I just I 
I was having fun doing my thing, but they were doing crazy shit. But he came to L.A. and he's like, I'm going to Beat Junkies to do a scratch session. I'm like, oh, man. So I rolled with him and um, Babu was there, Mr. Chalk. And I ended up having a like a whole session, you know, with them and shit. got some shirts. But it was funny because I was like, I walked in to talk about the intimidation thing and they're doing the craziest shit. I don't even know what they're doing with their thumb and their finger and the most insane orbit crab, this, that. I can scratch, but that this was like next level, you know. And they're scratching to the slowest beat ever and doing like the fastest stuff. And uh, but I just kind of jumped. The second we walked in, I didn't know what else to do, so I just jumped right on, and started scratching, and then we ended. And Babu was like, "Yo, mad props! Like you're not scared. Everyone's scared. People aren't coming up. You got to tell other DJs come up here. Don't be scared." He's like, I, "You know, the fact that you just jumped right on." I was like, "Well, I was kind of scared, but I did just jump right on." But yeah, they kill it. it. It's dope, and it's just a cool. Honestly, like they seem so happy and. It's nice to see veteran DJs happy in a way, you know, because right. a lot of times yeah. you see like just the bitterness and the like disgruntled. Yeah, like uh, oh, it's not well, like the well, what's happening thing. now. Yeah, <laughs> they try to keep it the same way, or, or oh, what's this person doing and comparing to everything? And it used to be like this, or this sucks, and just get so caught up in the negativity yeah. when it doesn't have to be like that. Like they were so happy, like they're teaching these kids and they're passing this thing on. It was just like a, such a happy vibe, and everyone's yeah, yeah. DJing. And it was like. What I used, why I started DJing, what I love about DJing, just scratching and coming up with ideas and and bullshitting with other DJs. Um, so it's pretty dope, and it's like a dope space. Go. I'm advertising. <laughs> I was well, we just had Rocticon, and we were talking about yeah. all his remixes and extendeds and stuff like Sometimes that. Sometimes I still play his shit, you know, yeah, yeah. like the fucking whatever the Cars one, and but it was. Oh. I remember, do you remember like we used to all sit around just trade music? Yes. Like that was so crazy. It'd be sometimes like I know. The nerdiest shit of all, all of us <laughs> doing I I still do it. Do you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I give away more music than I get. But I do it. I mean, but yeah, I just I just pour through those record pools. You know, like I'll go on live DJ service and Bar bangers and club killers and beat junkies and DJ City and headliner and direct music service mm-hmm. and you know yeah. all of them and BPM Supreme you know like they all have their own place. That's I just kind of rely on myself just to download endless stuff and then just dig through it you know and then try to make my own blends and remix you know things like that I could play. Yeah, and well, when you're in the clubs right now, like I mean, what what are you feeling right now? Because like. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, like I try to play some of the new music, but it's like the energy is like it's it'll be there for maybe the first 15, right. 20 seconds. It, it is. Well, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of the new songs rely on one or two lines to carry them. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. even the Bobby Schmurder, like the beat is super dope. So you could play the whole thing and people rock with it, but they just want to sing like the two parts of it. Right. And even the new Drake, like all of it, it's dope, but it's kind of just like, I hear Drake's voice and a cool beat that sounds like all the other beats. And then here's that one part I'm going to say, yeah. you know, about beds and mamas. And it's like, <laughs> you know, they, I don't know. I feel like it's a, that's something about it is that if it's all about that one line in every song, even, and they just repeat it. It's like wet, wet. Well, you know, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. You know, it's just right. like it's gotten very primitive like that. But and I feel like the mic plays a lot bigger role than it used to. Like like a DJ rocking the mic now. Like yeah. it used Definitely, to be like yeah. 
only a few people did it, and if you were good at it, you did it. And it, it was like your thing. It was like, oh, he's yeah. he's actually uh, he's the he's like a, a mic DJ. Yeah. But now that's the only way to play that kind of music. I feel like, like, oh, here we go, we going in. <laughs> you know? Scoot, oh, we going in again. You know, like, what does Scooter call them? He's called them Instagram tracks, where they're only uh, good for like thirty seconds. Yeah, like, is that is that what he calls it? I think remember? Instagram music. Yeah. Or some shit. Well, I don't tracks. think people are going to the club anymore to like something, get drunk. Something for the gram, some shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. People are going to the club. For content at this point well the, the music <laughs> you know? the music is directly referenced from like memes from instagram so it's right. like you know yeah. people don't know but like the the 20 or 30 seconds that are on that meme you know right and they related to the song so they don't know everything you know yeah exactly and people are just so into their phone that just at the club they're just either I singing that, into man. their phone or they're talking into it or it takes away from the whole thing and like it's just a different you know, I, I even yeah. noticed like some of these girls, like a lot of the girls, they're literally sitting at their table. They're waiting for that one song yeah. for them to insta story them looking good That's what to I'm that saying. song. Yeah, they're, a lot of these people are literally coming to the club for content. You know, yeah, just yeah. to have it and have the tag and the geo tag and like, all right, we can go now. Let's go to the next spot. You know, and show that we're here and like it's uh it's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's like not it, even coming yeah. to party as much anymore. You know, yeah. yeah. Are you, have you been noticing like a change in the LA scene a little bit or, you know, it's, it's, um, cause like, honestly, I feel like when I come to LA, it's becoming more of a hip hop city. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, I mean, the bottle service clubs are very, very hip hop, very not dance oriented. You know, um, I think as many tables as you could cram in the better and, you know, have the celebrities but there. And stuff. I mean, is it, I mean, like. During the EDM period of LA, and I told, I don't know, for some reason, I totally forgot what was going on out here. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, people were playing some of that stuff, I think, but hip hop's always been in those clubs, you know, one way or another. But not really. Like, EDM was like right. fucking crazy out here. Was yeah, EDM, from, no, I'm about to ask you, was EDM big in LA? Yeah, I mean, it's still, LA is so spread out that we just have all the spots, you know what I mean? So we've always had, Avalon has always been going, you know, on Friday with the EDM, like forever. It's just, people notice stuff more or less because of the amount that it, the spotlight's on it, sort of. You know what I mean? When EDM was big, they're like, oh, it's everywhere. It's like, it's they've been doing those parties at Avalon and all that stuff forever, you know, and then... Um, but now they have these, you know, exchange and like all these big EDM-based places that that's what they do so they don't have to do it in the open format and la just has every scene you could ever want you know from the cool hipster bars to like any you could go to any type of night you know type of music and i feel yeah, like yeah. it got a lot more visible with lmfao like for la yeah like i was probably like mid to early 20s at the time and uh -huh. i would see red foo out everywhere and everybody was, <laughs> was like who is this dude in these leopard pants i mean he got to start a banana split <laughs> yeah yeah and the oh next thing you know like they blew up yeah mike b has the best story about that yeah <laughs> i just feel like EDM became a lot more visible. i mean you gotta just have him on tell but he told it one time at the scratch at the that camp that tina t does the camp, camp spinoff spin yeah and he told basically how he sort of like Bur like birthed Red Foo in a way or something like by giving AM this CD and then like AM played the song A Banana Split and like because I remember s showing Red Foo about like Be More music like after Banana Split one time we sat and talked about it and um, you know I w watched him get into all that stuff yeah. you know I mean what, what he was a rapper at that time or what was going on he was writing 
I don't know. He was writing. He was, yeah, he's he's doing it all. You know, he's kind of like Will I Am. He, I think, he came up under Will I Am. I think, in a way, like on some sort of mentorship. Sky was more the rapper, Uh, right? Sky Blue, his. But I think he was everything. He made the beats, produce, be the you know, create the vision for it, rap. He, didn't I mean, he produce uh, that track in the early 90s? Uh, back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't know. Ahmed, did he? But he, re- he wrote that. But Red Foo, you wrote Ahmed? <laughs> yeah, I didn't he wrote know. that. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. That's possible. I definitely have underground hip-hop records with, like, with yeah. Evidence rapping and DJ Revolution scratching. It's produced by Red Foo. Like, he, used to be, yeah. he used to be in a group called Red a, Foo and Dre Croon. I have really? Their, oh, I have all their 12 He's inches. Barry Gordy's Who's nephew. Barry, that's Barry, what it was. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. No, he's Barry Gordy's son. Son. Yeah. Son? Son. Yeah. Red Foo. Yeah. yeah. Barry Gordy's... Oh, Sky, uh, Sky, Sky Blue's, Blue's the nephew. nephew. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that was an odd song, though. The Ahmad? Ahmad, Ahmad yeah. or Ahmed? I think you might be right. Ahmed. Back Ahmad, in the day. I think it was Ahmad. Was it Ahmad? Ahmad I think it's Ahmad. What was that flow? He was rapping like he was on the Bush Babies. Remember that? <laughs> I love the Bush Babies. I'll be on the TV on the sun on the Yeah. Right? But he was from L.A. Yeah. I thought it was weird. When I was just a little gigolo. But he sounded yeah. like he's from the Bush. Like that whole, what was that era? That motherfucker nah, that was the, like that. the far side. Well, we had the yeah. West Coast, but we had yeah. people, love, you know, we all love the East Coast stuff. But y'all, yeah. had, y'all had like a, yeah, well, what was like the, because I remember growing up on 90s shit, the West Coast shit that I love was Della Funk, Homo Sapien. Yeah, Homo Sapien and yeah, um, yeah. um, well, Hieroglyphics, yeah. Casual. Yeah, I mean, I loved just local LA freestyle fellowship. You know, mm. that was like my shit. See, like I never That's really I understood. Like, I never understood. I wait, freestyle fellowship. Was freestyle that like fellowships like uh, AC alone, Mike and Nine, Abstract <laughs> Rude, like those kind of guys. And like, there's this. There was this place, The Good Life, that they did stuff at. You know, it's like. Um, that was real LA underground hip hop, you know. Um, I mean, it's still dope. I still will listen to it. You know I, what? They used to come to New York, the Freestyle Fellowship, yeah. and they used to do like um, before Vorkis used to do the um, what's those um open um open mic um MC joints? Oh shit! Blaze Battle uh, or something. Lyricist Lounge. Lyricist oh, yeah, Lounge. Yeah, yeah, they used yeah. to do that. They come yeah. to New York and do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, and it was dope. But when they the came out on wax, freestyle. for yeah. some reason, they couldn't translate right. their freestyle, their live freestyle on wax. It didn't sound the same. Yeah. That's yeah, why was, I don't think they never It was hard to up. listen to that shit sometimes, man. I get it, especially if you're not from here. I don't know. I got super into it. But that was, I, I mean, I love them. But, we, you know, and then we had, like, dilated peoples. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alcoholics. Yeah, they were dope. Yeah, alcoholics. I love the alcoholics. That was, like, man. the West Coast beat nuts. I never got, <laughs> yeah. I never got yeah. into, like... I remember, fuck, man, when I first moved to Vegas, I was just so, like, East Coast. Yeah. And I was just, like, you know, motherfuckers were playing all this West Coast. Like, I would even, like, listen to Neva at, like, uh, at... Um, at Light? At Light in Vegas. And he'd be playing, like, you know, shit I would never play and never uh, think to play, that, like... Um, Pimp of the Year? Pimp of the Year. <laughs> Drew, was it Drew, Drew Down? Down. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are <laughs> you playing? <laughs> 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 but like yo I would be DJing and I would have like these white chicks coming up to me at that time like hey play Drew down play Drew down I'm like what the fuck do these white chicks <laughs> that was some Bay Area shit right yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah that's super Bay Area and there was another one I, I was like why are you playing this man and I'll never play this shit it was the Ice Cube you could do it. Put your back into it. Oh, oh with Mac 10. I never could get I still into play that, that once in a while. 
That's no, not. No. Oh yeah, that's not Weeby Clubbing. No, no, no. You can. Weeby Club. Almost I fuck the same. With, I fuck with Weeby Clubbing. The DMX it's remix. The same one. Yeah, you're right. That's that, funny. And then, uh, fuck, man. Put your back into it. And then, like, yo, you would play like Jurassic Five shit. Dun dun. Yeah. What song was that? Oh yeah. Dun Me too. Like, why you play this shit? What's golden? It's golden. That's it. Yeah. I like that record. I remember just being like, why the fuck are you playing this shit? Shit is the wackest shit in the world. The video for that was kind of wild. Like they were like empty streets and they're just walking around. Like what the fuck is going on? But they were like fifty years old, which is nothing wrong. Yeah. But it was like. But I always wondered why that song was big because it just sounded like. Like nothing. Like really irrelevant. But I felt like oh, but some there was like some Cali shit where they just held on to certain shit and yeah. they just like, yo, this is and I was like, there's no way this this should be relevant right now, but Cali is just Yeah. They really got their back like that. Jurassic Five. I felt yeah. like that would exhibit too. Like when I mean, Exhibit came out, he was he was very oh, East yeah. Coast influenced. No, but that's different. Yeah. Like Exhibit has some shit. The paparazzi. We was actually yeah. playing paparazzi. Exhibit in New York. That one was, I didn't like that. What one. was the what? Vi- that's the best song. Paparazzi. Was <laughs> oh no no no! I'm confusing with the la- some other one that he had where he's getting chased by the fucking uh by the helicopter. I forgot where it was. That was dope. When when everything kept happening. <laughs> like uh, what you see is what you get. Like he's yeah. running. Oh, yeah, that yeah. shit was crazy. I like that one. <laughs> I like front to back. That shit was ill. But Big yeah, exhibit. bitch, please to me was the shit. I don't bitch know. Please. We have we have like a, a vibe out here, you know. If you're listening to Jurassic Five driving down the street, but palm for, trees, yeah, yeah. feeling good. Cricket hates the dog. He doesn't think the Dog Pound album is good. The first one, Dog Food. Dog Food. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, that's look, not like look, my wait, number the album one. was called Dog Food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like gonna turn off uh, Jamie's mic down for that one. Wait, yeah. are you serious that the, the album was called Dog Food? Yeah. yeah. But it was Come really on, good. Man. Dog Food. Name one song that popped off of that album. I'm not sure. Yo, is that the one with By the, the way, I'm not, not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to disrespect. It's one with like Let's Play House. Oh, yeah. Um, New York, New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that uh, I'm Calling Out Names. Calling Out Names. Um, <sighs> yeah, that's. Classic. I don't know any of this except New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I know. Also. You would know Calling Out Names if you yeah. heard it. That's the one where. Uh, Corrupt was going at DMX. Yeah. And, uh, nah. Because he was dating Foxy Brown at the time. But I thought, oh, they, yeah. I thought, no, I yeah. thought that album dropped before DMX came out. The Dog Pound. First album. Uh, you might be right. You yeah. Might be right. DMX came out in 98. Yeah, well, why the fuck we, why are you what? shitting on DMX? Why, what would it have to do with well, Foxy he, Brown? He calls out to a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's the point of the song. Foxy Brown. Like, West they might Coast, East Coast beef. Yo, Cali motherfuckers was trolling back in the day, yo. Original trollers. Y'all want some yeah. Takashi 6ix9ine <laughs> talking out your ass. Oh, man. Doing horrendous shit. <laughs> yo, Pac. Do you yo, play yo. that? You play that? What? The Takashi or whatever. Yeah, I mean. The Kashi cereal. Are you playing it? Not really. No. Crooked put I think it, I played it. I, I play if look if the environment is right, then sometimes you play certain songs. You, you don't know, play. Like, you I DJ this like snowboarder event where they were like mosh pit, you know, and I played it and it actually went over pretty good. But really? it's like yeah. the new anti up, just not as. You're not playing it at like the new Ron Howard movie <laughs> premiere. <laughs> oh, for sure, I will play that. I'll be on the shit on the regular. I don't really play it in the club though. I mean, that, that shit is basically Onyx yeah. and yeah. DMX. Yeah, yeah, it is. But not as I feel like musical. it's workout music, right? Right, good. Energy. Like a lot of athletes probably do that. Play, listen to that shit before they fucking compete. 
Yeah. And they listen I'm to that shit. I'm in the middle of ya, in the chill of ya. Chop, 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 chop. Yo, did up. <laughs> Yo, that song I can't front though That song nah, 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 nah. That's the new version To throw your guns in there Six, I, know, nine, I know I know Six, nine, That shit's crazy That song is wild though, I mean I, I honestly like the one With Tory Lanez And Young Thug I think that one's good Rondo I don't know that one Rondo yeah, You should yeah. check it out uh, Spider. It's really good I got it when, when I've played like- When I've dropped Takashi 6 9 though It has worked Yeah It's just about finding The right time to do it Right yeah. Like I yeah. see, even if it's just pockets of the dance floor wilding the fuck out, mm-hmm. it, it pops the fuck off. So Yeah, you know there's a I mean? time and a place. Yeah. Is there any artist that you're feeling right now in particular or not really? <laughs> he just did that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, you know, that from every genre. I mean, I'm constantly looking. I feel like there's so much that I forget. It's almost like when you watch a stand-up comic and then they make so many funny jokes. Like, by the end, I'm like, I don't even remember what was what your favorite said. joke? You're like, yeah, I like, don't know. There's so many artists. Like, on Spotify, I'll make these playlists and they'll be like, 100 things. I'm like, I like all this, but um, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Like, I just put it on shuffle. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, as long as, to me, as long as Drake keeps making music, I, I think I'm good. Drake? Yeah. As long as Drake keeps making music, it's like... You know, Drake can do no wrong at this point. I yeah, guess. but nah. it, it's not only that. He, he drops music that, like, across the board. Right. Like a, like a heavy hip-hop crowd or, like, you know, a pretty fucking snooty crowd. Like, they all kind of fuck with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas everything is so segregated now, man. Yeah. And that's, yes. Right? No, it's true. Well, there used to be like more songs across the board that were working in almost every room and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the ultimate crossover. He's artist. like the dude that's making those Usher Yeah songs. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Or yeah. like those those like in 50 in the club songs that we don't have anymore. Yeah. yeah. That just used to work across There's the like board. other people coming up like that too. I feel like that kid Russ, have you heard him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, but you Ooh, know, like a I lot like of people sh- hate on him though. Why? They fucking hate him. Oh, he's dope to me. Like, I, kids I like hate his him. songs. His album's really good. Yeah. yeah, he's dope, and I feel like he has a similar um, style. You know, he's cut from that cloth. But only thing is, you really can't play him in the club. No, there's no club song for him. But it's like everything's the demo stage now. I feel like he's, this is like, I don't even think he's really dropped that first album yet. I don't know, but then I looked, I was like getting into some of his stuff, and I searched him on Spotify, and he had like, 79 songs like, yeah he like puts out a song every week or something just yeah. on there there was a time so, he was just releasing so, like four songs every week which yeah, was, it was fucking it's crazy i was like i don't even know what to listen it's too to. much man it is but i mean it's almost is that that's the world we live in there's so much static that you have to get through that so i feel like as us like we feel like we're over promoting or talking about something too much like even if we talk about it once or twice and then your friends are like hey you already said that and then you're like oh okay but really nobody else is hearing it you know or they're forgetting about it or yeah, they don't know true. you right, know right. You, mm-hmm. you feel like everybody knows from posting on your instagram but really nobody even the people that follow you probably don't know or forget about it and like you have to just keep going you know it's the consistency that wins out if you have quality mixed with consistency i feel like that's what that's the real, yeah. you know, people that shine through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have but, a question. Um, did AM kind of like link you with Travis Barker? Yeah, I think so. And, and just like his manager, this guy LV, mm-hmm. um, he would work with them and then, um, you know, would be like, Travis wants some scratches on this project he's working on. So mm-hmm. I would just roll over and do scratches on like 
Paul Wall's album or, you know, this expensive taste thing they were doing or Travis's personal album that he did with people and I would do scratches. Um, so just like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you've been like, you've been taking over that when AM was uh, touring with Travis, you kind of like yeah, took I that mean, over. Like we you, don't have like a show like they had and like, you know, pitch it to Coachella or something. But like we did... Um, uh, well, we've done different stuff. So, like, a, a long, I used to do the scratches, and I still do on whatever he wants me to do. And then I remember he met Yellow Wolf, and he's like, yo, there's this new dude, Yellow Wolf. I want to do a show with him at the Roxy. Will you be the DJ? So I DJed, and Travis played drums, and Yellow Wolf rapped. And, I, you know, and then he met Clever, and they're, like, the perfect, you know, Clever and Yellow Wolf are, like, right. yeah. made to be together. But, like, um, you know, stuff like that. And then... Um, and then I went on tour with Blink-182 and, and did a bunch of stuff like that. Really? When did, when, what year was that? That was last uh, year. Um, not last year, damn. 2016? Yeah, it was a year before. Oh, shit. How was that? Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it was from, I was gone from July to October. Fuck. I didn't see my kid or my wife. I never came Are home. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he broke his what leg like? like three days after I left. And then oh. like I, never, I met them in Iowa because we actually, a show got canceled because of a hurricane. And so I got to like run to the airport and then they were in Iowa like visiting her mom. So I met them in Iowa for like one day, got to see them. But um, yeah, I was on a bus. I left, we left LA on a bus the end of July, started in San Diego and did probably like 60 cities like all around North America. From San Diego, we drove every, you know, from to Vegas and El Paso. And so you guys were like on a like couple tour buses or what was it? We had eight tour buses Fuck. for Blink alone, I think. Like, um, Damn. well, because like Travis has his own bus and um, Mark Hoppus had his own bus. And then Matt Skiba, the new new singer. He had a bus with like the tour manager. And you I think, were in a minivan. What would you? I was. I had like a little. They rented me like a Kia and then attached it to the bus. And then I would be in the back. I'd be like, hey. What was your role uh, on the tour? You just. Like, I was a. I was an opener. Okay. So um, basically, it was uh, Blink's uh, North American tour, and Tom DeLong is not in the band anymore. They made a whole new album called California, mm -hmm. and. Um, they have this guy, Matt Skiba, from Alkaline Trio, become the new singer. And um, they put it out and decided to do a tour. And then they had uh, Travis was like, I want you to be the opener for the tour. I'm like, oh, shit, what, what does that even mean? And uh, But it ended up basically like I would open the shows. Um, you know, they would the people would come in, then I'd be the opener. Then another group would go on, either All American Rejects or All Time Low. And then this group, um, A Day to Remember, would go on, and then Blink would go on. So, and then I would book, try to book an after party like in every city if I could, because that was like they're selling tons of merch, but I'm not. So it's like that, right, was, right. that was my version of selling merch, you know, making that side money. So yep. I would do an after party in Idaho or Dallas mm -hmm. or wherever the hell we were. So, how long would you um, perform? Uh, from anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, just depended on like what the tour manage or like the manager of the whole show would tell me and we figured it out as we went along but he would just be like yo we only have this long tonight you're on 30 you're on 45 you're on 40 you're on 50 you know so what did it. you what did you play for yo i mean it was so hard to pr uh prepare because i was out of my element i you know in a way so like i and i did not know what they were going to react to and what it was going to be like and you know when you 
you know, when you, even when you DJ a nightclub for the first time, you don't know what it's going to be like. And then the next time you go back, you feel so much more comfortable because yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, I kind of know what to do here. Yeah. And so with that, like the first shows in San Diego and I practiced, I don't know, like I, I spent so long, like days, day and weeks just getting stuff together, making edits, creating remixes and, and ideas, and none of it worked. I remember the first day I did San Diego, plus they had me do it at doors. So they were like, you're on right now, and nobody was there. And so I'm like, yo, this is kind of awkward. Like I had, And I had made like an intro. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> There's like three, like, you know, like 42-year-old women at the front. That was it. And like some dude like going to the bathroom. Like, And I was like, hey, how you three ladies doing in the front what do you have for dinner you know it's like so i just like started out and then i'm thinking oh they're gonna be so into like songs travis produced or all these things and like it was just not like I th and i thought they'd be into edm because i feel like it translates the other way all the edm no. people will play like blink 182 mm -hmm. and the whole crowd would be like yes i grew up on this or like open format crowds we open to other kinds of music but so I, I thought oh they're gonna be into the new hip-hop were they EDM. just stuck in that era oh god they some people hated me you know like i had to win them over <laughs> <laughs> like the tweets I, I should just like screenshot and blow up and frame some of the tweets. what was that like, shit like when i i remember i did oh man i don't know where maybe it might even been but we did barclay center <laughs> in brooklyn and i was like because also i'm not like the biggest mike person but i had to become a mike dj on that tour because you've got these massive crowds staring at you like what are you about to do right you know mm -hmm. and i was thinking oh i'm about to like have a party you know and they're thinking no you're about to do a show for us and tell us what to do so i was like oh shit so i started you know obviously make some noise is a pretty good thing to tell people to do <laughs> <laughs> who's ready for a blink 182 okay, I, don't, I don't know if i've ever heard you like pause i've never heard your mic voice okay that's what i'm saying so I don't know if I had heard it either until that tour. <laughs> so I'm like, I just had to jump right into it. But definitely who's ready for Blink-182 was a question that I had asked uh, every show. <laughs> but then it's like, how many times That's can you ask that, right? That's, but exactly. So I think I remember I was like, I think I said like, make some noise for this or some shit. And then after the thing, I, I looked at Twitter, just like normal. And you know, some, there's always some people like, that was dope, blah, blah, blah. Like, I got a lot of good tweets, and, I, and it got me more followers. And then there'd be people like, who the fuck is this DJ Spider? Like, kill this guy. And then <laughs> some girl, like, tagged me, and she was like, if DJ Spider set, tells me to make noise one more time, I will descend from the rafters and rip his head off with fury. Like, it was like, oh, shit. I was like... And then I was like, this is the best. And then I retweeted. I'm like, best tweet ever. And then like everyone from all the bands retweeted. <laughs> right. Like, I got all this shit. I was like, thank you. But yeah, you know, I mean, I just. Uh, well, usually what did you figure out the crowd? What was it? Yeah, they I figured it out. Stuck well, in that so, era. So in the beginning, like I'm playing, you know, and then I, like even like DJ Scene would put out like a 21 Pilots mashup that would go into like a dubstep trap kind of song. And I'm like, this is going to fucking kill it. And then I'd put it on. And then like right when the drop would happen, it would be like the whole crowd. I would look at me like, why did you fuck? What up the are song? you doing? <laughs> yeah, you piece of garbage. You know, and I was like, okay, fuck. So I ended up having to remake a lot of things. Like, and I re I did a lot of my own remixes. I, I I took like Last Resort, like you know, cut my life into pieces. Like they wanted that. Like I figured out that like that and like that song's like, ooh, ah, ah, you know, the like like down with the sickness and like shit like that. I mean. 
a green day. Like I just started figuring out things and getting acapellas Dude, to I'm like Fallout rem- Boy. I'm trying to remember you know. that era. Yeah, that was that era. And so I, I got into shit I didn't even know. Taking Back Sunday, Good Charlotte, like all these songs, and would figure out mixes with that. Would take acapellas, even like the Ramones, like Blitzkrieg, Bop, right. and, and and then I'd mix in. Kanye, a few things, good life, or like, you know, do the power clap, hey, you know, and try to like do some shit. And when we were in Brooklyn, I did hip hop sets and it depended where we were. And right. I really tried to look like in Montreal, I tried to find the bands that were from Montreal and it actually would get a good reaction. I would notice that. Nice. But like, I just, yeah, my set, I definitely developed a good 2000s rock set that I never yeah, yeah. had before. Um, was, Limp, was Limp Biscuit at that time? Or yeah. Was yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. System of a Down. So, yeah, yeah like, what System, was the... Yeah, System of a Down, oh, that would kill it. I played that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I would just try to introduce them to new shit, and I would do shit that I, was think would do- that I think is dope and try to show them DJing. And actually, the cool thing would be taking... The Ramones, Blitzkrieg, Bop, dropping into the acapella loop, putting a halftime hip hop beat, putting the Fallout Boy over that beat, doing another thing and do a thing, you know, like, and then seeing some of the people in the crowd's eyes light up, like, oh shit, he's like remixing the music and it's dope, and you know, and they're having fun, and then play Aha, Take On Me. I would try to play fun songs and really mix it up and play Red Hot Chili Peppers and, um, you know, just keep the energy up and, and, all that but i definitely had to be way more energetic myself and like realize oh shit i gotta talk to the people in grass like all the people in the rafters and the grass are my people you know my shit fell <laughs> so sorry fucking good. jamie Yikes. i was like fuck it sounds the same no yeah. all the people like that's also what i learned too is like i'd see the opener other opener bands and they'd be like only like they would almost ignore the people in the front and talk to all the people in the rafters, all the people in the back, the grass, because those are all like the fun people that paid the lowest amount to just come in and have a good time. All the other people are paying all this money for Blink and just standing in front with their arms crossed, like, get out of here, we hate you, you know? So, um, and then I learned like when we were in amphitheaters, like outside type things where all the people that paid the least were in the, like grass in the back those are the real fans right yeah and it but it was a different vibe like when i dj'd that than like um the arena we did all these basketball basketball arenas and it was like those were way better for me because it would just be like a full crowd right in front of me right and it was so cracking or we did like the joint in vegas so much fun because it was just full front to back right when i went on and i just got to go crazy they were super into it some shit more than others but you know i learned a lot and then i would just get on the mic and just say as much shit as i could and after a while we just were fucking around like by the end like mark hoppus from blink is like bringing me stacks of tortillas and they were like calling me tortilla boy because i was i threw out all my shirts and all my merch into the crowd and i was done so they were like you need other shit to throw out and they're giving me tortillas and i was saying because the people get so hyped i'm like i could throw out my right aid receipt and they'd be like freaking out you know like oh my god like anything you're gonna throw out. wait so wait, wait. Start- so so you're set during your doing the set You'll be throwing your CDs and your T-shirts out? Yeah, oh, T-shirts and hats and whatever I had, yeah. So, like, that was the most hype they would get. Yeah, and then, like, halfway, when did you run out of shit? Towards the end, like, and then, so we had these tortillas, and we would just write <laughs> on them, and I, and I would throw it like a Frisbee, and it would go so far. And they'd wild out for And I'd be, like, I'd be like, if anyone catches this, you're going to have the craziest night of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just so stupid. And then, you know, we just, by the end, I was so comfortable with it. Like, I would say whatever. And I could tell if a crowd wasn't into it, I'd be, like, almost making fun of myself on some, like, stand-up shit. Like, hey, okay, like, this isn't working out, you know. And then it was just always different. Like, we're in Maine, you know, Bangor, Maine, and they're, like, the most hyped crowd ever because no one comes there. But then we're in other places and people are just kind of, like, twiddling their thumbs. While what was, like, a, the hardest city to catch a vibe? Uh, man, there was. I remember saying it about a few places, but I can't remember now. I think um, maybe like Atlanta. I don't know why. Really? Um, there was a few places like that. I don't know. Like at what point were you like, okay, I'm starting to understand. It's like a month in, two months in. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have known more before I came because I would have thought more about a lot of stuff, the merch, even putting out a project because I had the opportunity to really promote myself and and gain a lot of new fans and followers and I didn't really think about it. I was just more just like, I'm going to another gig, you know? Right. And, mm-hmm. and I saw how the other bands approached it from a very and their bands but from a business standpoint and had a project that, an album that had come out right before the tour was coming out after and they had all these things going on during the tour and they were selling these other things and right. it was just very they, you know they make a lot of money off if, if the you merch to, and the other parts if you wanted to could you have sold your merch I did sell my merch, but I didn't sell that much. <laughs> it was on sale, bro. It, just didn't it was sense. on sale. Which, yeah, t-shirts or I, I need to. I need I had to... T-shirts and hats. I, I you know, wait. Like what did it this, say? Spider on it? Uh, it's a yeah. It's a DJ Spider. My my hat. My shirt had like a logo, kind of like this shirt, just a, a my logo across it. Black shirts. I was only allowed to bring like I think three things. Like there was a certain yeah. there was rules. Mm-hmm. Like and it had to be priced the same and like all this stuff. And then my hat. I think I had like um, made like a dad hat and it said like DJ Spider, but like in sign language hands. Like at like a uh, 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 you know sewn into it, embroidered right. or whatever. It was pretty cool, but. What was the sales report at the end of the tour? Oh, God. It was like negative. (laughs) Very far in the negative. (laughs) People wanted my shit for free real bad. But to pay the money. Also, it's the same price as Blink and all these other bands. So it's like they're already going to spend their money on that. Yeah. But yeah, that wasn't my strongest part of the uh, money income part of the tour. I just can't believe being on a roll for like four months or more. Oh, in a bus, too. You know what I mean? Like, I would go on Travis's bus sometimes, but I ended up being in this bus called the Ocho. It was the number eight bus. The last bus? And, oh, my God. I mean, it was on some, like, you know, I don't want to get killed, but it was on some, like, hazing shit where they were, I was, like, the new guy. You know, because a lot of the people were, like, the drum tech and the guitar tech and the front of the house tech, like, that had been with them for, like, 20 years, right. you know? And they knew me. But, like, I think they tried to kill me with alcohol. <laughs> and I was like, I can sustain this. You can't kill me. I'm built for these nights. I, like, decked out was, like, Travis's bus. Travis's bus is super dope. Because, you know, he doesn't fly. So he just, oh, sorry. He owns a bus. And I think other people rent it. I think even, like, Steve Aoki and Rihanna, like, other people, like, will rent it from him when he's not on tour. But it's dope. I mean, there's, like, a bedroom in the back and, like, these bunks and, like, a dope kitchen bathroom i mean the bathroom's like nicer than my house bathroom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was dope like the whole thing's dope outside of it um but i ended up being in my bus with the crazy dudes i mean it was just a lot of you know because we leave like 
you do the show. I would be done every night at like 7.15 p.m. You know what I mean? Which as a DJ is so weird. Would you so chill or what would you do? That's the thing. I don't know what to do. Like I would do anything. I mean, I watched all their shows. I would watch all the bands and all the stuff. But I go back to my bus and, and it depended if I had an after party to go do or where I had to go. Yeah. But um, I would just chill a lot of the time. And then after the show, you know, the we have probably 12 semi trucks like along with the eight. Um, buses For so the stage and all shit, those right? dudes yeah. then go to work and they they had to build the stage then they're taken apart and then we have to be in the next city the next day and the stage has to be built by whatever time so you know and then we have a 12-hour drive so they go they undo everything and we're just chilling in the parking lot like getting faded basically that's the only thing to do is like get super <laughs> faded unless you're sober obviously but like that's all. It's almost like summer camp because then you're hanging with all the other people that have nothing to do at night. And you're waiting for the guys breaking down the show and they give you a call time to leave the bus. So you could do whatever you want. But usually we would leave around 2.30 in the morning and then drive to like Syracuse, you know, and then you'd wake up like 12 hours later, like in Syracuse. But you would just get super faded in the parking lot of wherever we were, then get on the bus and then have the craziest night ever with everyone drinking and watching movies and punching each other and i don't know like slamming each other's heads could you do it again doors. i could do it again yeah yeah <laughs> it was fun it was super fun and it was really cool to almost like live the rock star life and you know like get a taste mm-hmm. yeah. because we've done this life but i had never done anything like that you know mm-hmm. and i didn't have to make a decision for three months so it was like Someone told me when to wake up and when to go to sleep, basically, like where my room was, where I never thought about anything, you know, and I just had a bag of a few clothes. So I just put on the same clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. And we had the best thing was catering, you know, because it's like really good. And they would tell you what to eat. OK, here's your breakfast. Here's your lunch. Here's your dinner. And then when we had a night off, they're like, here you go. Go here. So that was nice. Like, I never thought when I got home, I was like, how do I do anything? Like, I can't even make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was you know and, and just to see how they live and and see how the, and, and you become super good friends with these people because you're crammed together with yeah. them it's like that's why i say it's like summer camp you know you like mm-hmm. i feel like i know some of these people better than other people i've known for 10 years now you know wow so i don't know how i started talking about that but oh the blink thing yeah <laughs> so yeah and then so travis had me do uh we did a thing for Aaron style where we did a kind of like am and him used to do where um he played drums and i dj'd and it was dope i came up you know made a bunch of special edits and blends and just thought of things that would be dope for him to play drums to and me to scratch to and it would be cool in like a performance setting well, you were doing a bunch of club dates too right i know i opened for you at least two or three um, times in vegas uh with travis yeah yeah but well, yeah but but it wasn't always with me djing and okay. him playing sometimes he would play to um yeah he would dj for himself sometimes yeah Yeah, like and he would have a thing where he would have two turntables and and, um he'd scratch over certain parts play drums over certain parts and um i would just kind of be there and maybe open or close um but yeah the last time we did it was like official you know like together which that was so much fun that was you the night i think when riffraff showed up randomly right was that you uh it was maybe in in vegas like at hide yeah I don't know, probably because I would do all those shows yeah. with him. But may, I think I missed a couple of them. But he did like tiptoeing in my Jordans and like some other like. Oh he really? Just no, I don't think like, I was there. 
yeah, it was it was super random. I don't even I don't even think Riff Raff was supposed to be there, and he just that's crazy. Grabbed the mic and did like a couple songs. That's so funny. And he was like wearing pajamas. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> he had like this big old belly with like this like blonde mullet. What? And this is just weird. Yeah, and he just started rapping. Just... Yeah, he put on mad weight recently, right? <laughs> Yeah, but then he like worked out and became like a wrestler or something. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He literally looks yeah. like Macho Man Randy Savage yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, but he's like a wrestler for real, I think. Or something. Nah, he, well, really? he's not in WWE. He's something like that. No, he's not. He's not in WWE. He was supposed to be on there, but oh, okay, there was passed. something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, when I saw when he he looked like he just had a kid. Like he had like this huge <laughs> gut. Like it was it was weird. <laughs> That's crazy. Random. Did you do any uh, DJ AM mixes that he used to do with Travis when you do those things or? Um, when I helped him with the mix for his show, yeah, we recreated like Master of Puppets um, into um, DMX Party Up and like some of those, and that was pretty fun. Like, and I would listen to the mix and try to like recreate it like in Ableton and then give it to him to be because sometimes he would like he had to perform at like the Firefly Festival or certain things, and I wasn't there, so um, yeah, I put together some shit he could play over like that, but um, I didn't do it live. <laughs> I thought about that, and I don't know. Part of me felt weird, and then part of me was like, I don't know. I just didn't end up. I ended up putting together just a whole new thing with all a lot of just really new music or other shit I thought people would like. Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully I get to go, you know, do more stuff with him like that. But, I mean, you know, it, he has his schedule, and he'll only drive, you know, the bus and stuff like that. So it has to, like, be a specific thing that works He drives out. his own bus? No, I mean, but, oh. but anywhere he goes, like when they went to Europe last year, I mean, he drove to New York and then took a boat to Europe. Are you saying, with the bus? Yeah. Yeah, he don't fuck with the planes no more. Yeah. No plane. Like, oh, yeah. Damn. That's nuts. I don't blame him. Yeah. So he said the boat's fun, though. You're like, it's like being on like an island or something, <laughs> you know, like 10 days in the water yeah. on like a super nice dope. So, so he hasn't flown since then? Mm hmm. Damn. That's shit. I mean, yeah, that's like understandably extremely so. traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy. Mm. Shit. Well, is there is there anything you want to touch on or like talk about? I want to know where the name Spider came from. <laughs> you know, I'm a crazy like jail dude that used to fight mad people. You see all my tattoos. <laughs> he had the spider wave on the on, on the elbow. No, I mean honestly, I don't. I wish I did not have my name as Spider anymore. Like, I wish I could go back in time. Why? I don't love Spider as my name anymore. It, it comes from... it. Okay, the, the basic short story was in high school, there was this dude, a bunch of my friends, but this dude, Poncho, we, we would play basketball, and he'd always be like, pass it to the Spider. And I think, like, my hair was way longer, and I would bounce around, and I was super skinny and tall, and I think I just looked like a crazy spider. And I'm not good at basketball, so I think I just looked <laughs> like an idiot. And he'd be like, pass to the Spider all the time. And I remember I got to college, and I started the college radio show, and it was like an underground hip-hop show. And, you know, my real name's Oliver. And they were like, nah, it doesn't sound cool. You know, like, you need a DJ name. And I was like, they're like, what do people call you? I'm like, they call me the spider. And they're like, all right, you're the spider. So I just ended up. <laughs> sound like a fucking wrestler. Yeah, and my show was The Basement with two S's, which now randomly E-Rock has a radio show of that. But that was my uh, my show, oh, The really? Basement, because it was drum and bass mixed with bass, like hip hop, like stuff. So I thought it was like a cool combo. And I was like. You was on the radio before? I was in, it was my college radio college show. Radio? And, then when, and then I turned it into an online show and I had this site called thebasement.com and I did it 
for like five years after college. I wish I was like almost too early. Like if I would keep doing it now, yeah, it would have yeah. been fine. Mm -hmm. But I just after a while, I'd be like, I got 42 people listening. You're like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I stopped doing it. But um, yeah, it comes from that, you know, and now That's I'm dope. just DJ Spider. But I feel like there's a DJ Spider in every country and state now. Have you got an approach like, yo, that's my name. We got to battle for this name, no? I haven't got approached like, let's battle for the name, but I've got like, like I was in Hong Kong or where was I? Somewhere and this dude was like, I'm DJ Spider, Hong Kong. Like, and he was like, gave me like his records or something. And I was like, oh, can you change your name? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nobody, you know, and I've hit up some of the other ones, like the dude that owns like DJSpider.com and stuff, you know, I'm like, let me buy this shit from you. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I'm like, damn, I need, I should have spelled it weird. Two I, S's. Or the Y, seven I. <laughs> I guess, but that exists too. Yeah. Yes. There's a bunch of those, yeah. probably even more. <laughs> so i'm out here though spider dj spider <laughs> got that's my crazy. little john drop still oh shit that's right <laughs> i think i was the first one with the little john drop so put really well i mean i st i got him into djing like i what? i that's he's he's dj he was a dj back in the day yeah. which i know but i i met him one night like you you know if you talk to him like he'll, he'll probably have a good story about it but i i met him in new orleans um i was djing the first home game of the saints since uh hurricane katrina and they'd reopened Aww. the thing yeah and um and I, I don't even i've never watched football in my life and i remember they took me to the game and i felt all bad like i was wasting a seat you know because i was like every time people would cheer i was like yeah like trying to cheer i was like i don't know what the fuck's happening it's like a bunch of dudes um and then i went to the club and i uh i was like you know shit starts super late in new orleans and i um they were like little john's here and i remember i had this mix that i had been doing where i took um snap your fingers acapella and i put three beats under it and i would put um i would put something and then i would put like calice like i'm bossy because it sounded like the bing bing like i don't right, know it right. sounded good mm -hmm. and then i'll cut it and you know everyone was playing rock and i'd play Def Leppard pour some sugar on me with like this intro and the Def Leppard dude would go da -da 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 -da. hey and then the little john he go so like I, I i remember coming up with it and be like oh shit i'm gonna go back and forth and and he was like hey and i would scratch a little john like hey 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 with like the pour some sugar on me and i remember they're like little john's here and i was like oh shit i'm gonna do the mix but he's probably gonna think i'm so whack like i don't know you know he's not gonna want to hear Def leopard but fuck it i'm just gonna do this shit so i i remember i did the mix and his bodyguard came down and he was like yo john wants your info like he thinks you're dope and i was like oh shit yeah, that's yeah. crazy so i give him the info done that's it i go to the airport the next day and i see him and i'm like oh shit and i go over i'm like yo and his bodyguard stops me and i'm like no i'm the dude from last night <laughs> and he's like oh shit so we start talking and john was like yo that was dope um i just got serato i'm trying to learn this will you teach me how to do it i want to get into djing and i was like yeah and um and then I remember having some weird, embarrassing thing where I like walked over and called somebody and was like, "I just met Little John. It was so crazy." And then realized he was right next to me. And, like, <laughs> and I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, "Oh, hey, I just met you." And I'm telling somebody on my sidekick about this. But uh, but then 
and then I thought nothing of it. I figured he wouldn't hit me up. We got back to L.A. and he hit me like, yo, I got a house like in Hollywood. Come through. And I started coming through all the time and teaching him how to do it. And he was so hyped, like like a kid in a candy store like that had just gotten it. So he'd be like, yo, I put this acapella over Red Hot Chili Peppers. Or, you know, he'd be so hyped on his mashups and all the stuff. And um, what year was this? Do you remember? This was um, 2007, maybe. No, I think it was like because it was a little bit after that next one. I had been doing shit like I was too. That's how I had that New Orleans and I had been doing stuff already for a minute. And um, we made two mixtapes together. We we have these mixtapes called the Rocks Rock Box series. I remember those. I was just cleaning my garage when I found that, and I found this huge box. (laughs) And one of them is all '80s, and one of them is all rock. And it's him, me me and him both DJing, and him on the mic the whole time. Dude, I totally forgot about this. Yeah, Yeah. and then and like and it was after the Rocket Science that I did with Graham Funky that mix, and he had like, you know, I don't know, rock was like all big, but. So we would do that, and then I was like, yo, I can get you booked if you want to, like, DJ. And so we started a, a four-turntable thing, and we would go. I remember, like, one of our first gigs, I think, was, like, the opening of Tao Beach or something. Was, oh, shit. And, like, the first t- thing ever, I think. And, like, and I remember they we said we wanted four turntables, and they gave us two, and it was so awkward. But we, we would do, like... <laughs> Cause, cause he was he wasn't into being on the mic as much for it. Like he was trying to really DJ. So we were just, and I was like, well, just do. And people would sometimes think he was gonna do his songs, but it was more like we were trying to do the mashups. And I'd be like, right. you play, I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that, and we did some Spring Break, Rosarito, Mexico, and like I think we watched some guy get like beat to death or something. I thought we were gonna die Jesus. there too. Like oh, we, I remember they paid us in cash, like all this cash, and then we got in the car, and the driver's like car won't start and i'm like oh it's a setup it was like a, and it was like you know i'm like we're about to get killed like this is what you hear about like we're holding all this money and the guy's like car won't start and it's a new car like the newest car you could get he's like won't start won't start and then next thing you know people are crowding around the car and i'm like oh we're fucking dead and then they have the hood open and then finally some dude was like oh the safety thing i was on i don't know and he starts it and and then we drove straight to the w in san diego like from mexico it's oh, like wow. crazy but uh yeah, we did that. We 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 had like a little tours right. It was before he signed with uh, Sujit and Scam, and um, he was working with like me and my manager. We went. We did like I have a. There's a YouTube video. I made a whole recap of our tour to um, Chicago and Detroit, and that's where I met Jasmine. You know Jasmine. Yeah, uh, Madar. Yeah. yeah. So some things probably can't tell on the air here but i have one of the craziest stories ever from that night that me and little john came and to that club and jasmine was the promoter and like the dude that ran it and that's i and i and i had been coming to that club all the time and like trick trick was the security and like there's a lot of uh dog trick trick is a scary motherfucker in detroit Yes, the, <laughs> the the rapper. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. He's the he's like the gatekeeper from Detroit. So yeah, he's, he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that so like and Jasmine, you know, that's where I think he knows Little John from and all that stuff. But I remember we came, we did Chicago the first night, then we came and did that, and I and I brought my boy who lives in Atlanta now, and um, he came with this dope camera. We filmed the whole thing. I have this whole. Like, re- I found it on YouTube the other day. I was like, holy shit, I forgot about this. But yeah, and then we started doing more and more things. And then I think he signed to Sujit, and it was like, I stopped. We, we never DJed together, right. but we just kind of like, you know, he's still 
the homie. <laughs> the homie. But like we still see each other. He's always like, I'll give you credit, man. But like, uh, yeah, now he's oh, killing I it. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, so random, right? I remember like the mixtapes and I remember you guys going on, on a little tour and we were like, oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah. But it I made know. sense. Yeah, it did at the time. I mean, those mixes are funny. Like, I just was, I have them. I'll, I'll email it to you. You know, it's like, he, he yeah. was putting me on to crazy songs like Bauhaus and all this 80s shit I never knew. He's like, I used to go dance to this in the club. I'm like, oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where you got to snap your fingers from? <laughs> like, skate, well, I mean, he skate. was always like fucking with like, I remember he had that, that song, right? Let's go. That Ozzy yeah, Osbourne sample, yeah, did it. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was just kind of mixing all of that shit did from it. the beginning. So, oh, dude, like- yeah, he's so smart with that shit, and yeah. like knows so much, and is so into it, and is really into. And people would always be questioning it too, like, oh, he's whack though, right? You know, I'm like, no, like yeah. he knows what's up. Yeah. You know, I remember being with him in Miami one night, like on some just like he was just playing everything old underground house shit and crazy stuff like all night. We were there till five, six in the morning, in some underground little club. But he definitely knows knows what's yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that's so so ba- so so dev bass all stars. A lot of that stuff was him too, right? Like from uh, like my boo and like yeah. I stuff. mean, I think yeah, he like worked for Jermaine Dupri. Yeah. I remember Jermaine Dupri was at I think at that Tao Beach night, and I remember he was he was he was a photographer at the time, and he was like, "I'm making a coffee table book." Like he wasn't DJing yet. And like oh, little shit. Scrappy was there. It was like all this shit. Atlanta. <laughs> it was Atlanta in the building. And me, <laughs> the Jewish guy from Santa Monica. <laughs> That's funny. Shit. Is there anything uh, we uh, we want to touch on? Or we? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Are you, anything yeah. else? Uh, what kind I think of, I'm. You know, I don't know. Check you want to plug any socials? Uh, you know, shoot. Um, I mean, go, my website has everything. Just it's um, djspider.com, except it's spelled D E E J A Y. S P I D E R dot com because the other guy won't sell me the DJ Spider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on Instagram, it's just normal DJ Spider. Um, but yeah, that that has the links to all my stuff. Um, but yeah, find me on Instagram DJ S P I D E R. And then I've been doing this pod a music podcast, not as consistently as you guys, but yeah. it's called Selected well, it's, Eclectic. It's exhausting. I know. Yeah, I'm sure. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that, and then just working on a bunch of other projects that hopefully come to fruition and make sure you check out his videos uh hashtag mag life yeah i get check everyone talks about mag i can work like on these songs forever three months on a remix and maybe a couple people comment on it but then i imitate a magazine cover and it takes me one minute in the airport and people like react to that bigger than anything i've ever done so i'm like can i just turn that into my job somehow like how can i monetize this you've been doing that for years forever well it all came about because um on vine like vine came out and i remember trying to film like a reaction video like i was in vegas you know that uh stupid store in the airport where they have like underwear with like things written on it you know it'd be like a boxer shorts with like home of the whopper like above like your dick or something. you know or it'd be like girls like lingerie with like a stupid thing just like one of those horrible like vegas kind of stores right. i remember going in and filming 
the like underwear and then trying to make a reaction face and i'm like this will be funny and then they kicked me out they were like no you can't do that in here and i was like okay and i went by that magazine store and i saw a couple funny pictures so i tried to imitate those and then people were like oh that shit that's funny so and i was on vine trying to create little content with it and so i did more and more and then instagram came out with the video thing and it was 15 seconds and i was like oh shit it's made for this (laughs) so i started doing it and then i was like i need a hashtag so i put dj if you type in dj DJ Spider Mag Life, like as a hashtag, you'll find. I probably think I have like 200 of them now, which Jesus is crazy. Christ. I want to make a YouTube video and just make them all go in a row and see how long it is like 32 <laughs> minutes of just my stupid face, silent making faces. I always thought, how the fuck do you do that without like how many times have people just looked at you like, what the fuck are you doing? They all look at me like, what the fuck are you doing? I've been approached only twice though. There was like in Reno Airport, like the person in the back was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just, she's like, I don't like what you're doing. And I was like, you don't even know what I'm doing. And she's like, you can't do that in here. I was like, yes, I can. And she got, and I go, look, I'm imitating the magazine cover and sending it to my friend. Like, I didn't want to explain the whole right, thing. Right, right. And she's like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, just get out of here. And I was like, and then, so I tried to keep doing it, but she like stood all close to me with like her arms crossed. And I was like, all right, this sucks. <laughs> um, and then another one, they were like, are you okay, sir? I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing care. the face that The Rock's doing on this magazine. I know. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, people look at me weird, but I figure, whatever. I'm just in here fucking around, you know, trying to uh, make people laugh. It's just become the thing now. Like, and it take and people are like, how do you edit it? What do you do? What do you put into it? I'm like, I literally push Instagram. I open it and go to the video page, and then you just hold down the button to film something. That's it. And then change the camera to your own face. So right. I just like mm-hmm. film the magazine and then put it on my face. And then that's it. Back and forth. I'm done in like one minute. And I push post. Because we were like, you must spend time. I'm like, no. If I spent time, I would not do it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be stuck at the airport all day. Yeah. Now when I have a delay, I'm like, fuck it. I'll do another one. <laughs> Create that content. I got people hitting me like, you need to do voiceovers, bro. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it all. And then once once Instagram hit the one minute mark, I was like, I don't know if I can do a whole minute of this. Yeah. That's endless. That's exhausting. Yeah. But yeah, peep that out and um, try to get me a show on Netflix because of it. So we'll... Yeah, let's <laughs> do that. That's why I do those corporate events. One day I'm going to just do a face. Just just do a show of my face, making stupid faces. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Yo, Spider, thanks for coming through, Yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Good Definitely luck with will. that traffic, by the way. Oh, man. Back home, man. It's all good. God bless I mean, you. I'll, li- I'll, li- I'll listen to your podcast the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you.